Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is Monday, November 4th. 2019, we did the time change in California. Not all states do. I think there's Arizona doesn't and someone else doesn't in the union, and I can't remember who it is. But there is another state that doesn't do the um, time change. So we did change, and it did throw me off, and I did wake up really, really early, and then I got really sleepy. So I went back to sleep at like 4 o'clock in my office, and I could not wake up. And all I had to do was say, good morning, everybody. And I just woke up like magic. So that's really cool. What a great way to start the week. And today, today's topic, oh my gosh, thinking about all of the missed opportunities because we don't pay attention to where we're happiest, to where we're best, to what we do best, or to even acknowledge that what we're doing is our gift or our talent. Everybody thinks that a gift and a talent is being able to knock it out of the park singing or knock it out of the park dancing or making a certain kind of money a certain way or getting lucky. Those are just working at your gift. What we see is somebody who didn't give up on the gift. They realize they like to dance. They can't help dancing. It's like part of who they are. They wake up in the morning, they want to put on music and they want to create something. Or a writer can't help but sit down. Think about what is it in life that you enjoy so much? The best example are the kinds we've missed because there's so many that we can miss. But things we may not think of as a gift. And then it keeps us from enjoying our lives, enjoying our health, enjoying our homes, enjoying the people in our homes. How come it is so easy to focus on stuff we're not good at, trying to be good at it, when there's some things that come easy to us, are natural to us? And the best example I had in my life of this because our gifts change as we change at times. Like you may have great organizational skills. You may be able to organize a mess anywhere. That's your gift. That's where you work well. So anywhere you walk into that's a mess, you can make better. Think about that. 
Your gift may be structure, creating structure for people to be able to create other things from that. Stuff behind the scenes, but yet you love doing it. Like, I do love organizing things. So I thought, okay, well, I don't want to organize for a living. I did do that in my work prior, and I applied it to a sales job, and I created a way to sell that was time efficient and, you know, offered me a way to make a living. But then I thought, there's something in there bigger. People would tell me. Bigger than organizing, not bigger than life, just bigger than organizing. And this was prior to my seeing Christ. And people would tell me, what is someone like you doing a job like this for? But the interesting part was, nobody said that to me when I was starting. Because I didn't know what I was doing, and I was thriving then. But my energy must have changed once I knew what I was doing and I figured it out because now I may have appeared not bored but like old hat because now I wasn't actually learning. I was just rinsing and repeating. And it turns out that throughout my life, once I figure something out, I do get bored. I want to learn something new. That's not looked at as a great thing in the world where change is bad, but every four or five years, I needed to tackle something that I had to figure out. And I would know when that feeling came, and I'd be like, oh, no, right when I was feeling like, I'm right where I belong. I'm do- I could do this with my eyes closed. Something else would show up. One of my gifts was the love of learning. Not just learning, but I actually loved it. I didn't mind the challenge because the learning part was where I was happy. But the biggest gift that I could have overlooked and lost a huge opportunity, not only in my life, but in my family's life, was having a child. Wasn't having the child. People have children. But once I had the child, I wanted to create what I always do, a structure. I wanted to organize that life. So that we'd have a schedule and we'd get all this stuff done and I would get all this stuff done. And I realized, thank God, pretty early on that I did not even know what day it was and that it didn't matter if it was Sunday or Thursday, I still had the same responsibilities. And for the most part, other than the eating schedule, because she would wake up every two hours for food. I had no way of predicting anything. After a while, a schedule presented itself, but it really had nothing to do with me. 
I was just responding because I felt like a response team. It's like you have a, a child and all of a sudden you just, oh, I've got to do this, then i got to do that, then i got to do that, and the whole day goes by and it melts right into the next day. And, you know, there were days where I'd wake up and I'd go, I changed my clothes yesterday. What, what did I eat yesterday? Like, I couldn't remember yesterday. And for someone who had a gift, not realizing that at the time, in structure and organization, I was having a really hard time. I felt like I had no sense, no control, no structure. Everything I've always known was out the window. And then one day, it was an early morning, and I was feeding my daughter. And I, I breastfed her only for like, I don't know, five or six months without adding any food. Maybe it was even longer than that, but it was a long time where she only breastfed. So imagine, I well, I still had weight on me from the pregnancy, thank God, because it took my body just naturally about seven months. And I, I was big. I, I'm not that big normally, but... Boy, when I got pregnant, both times, one time I gained 60 pounds with the boy, and I gained 43 with my daughter. And people would tell me I was all stomach, and I'm like, oh, you have not seen underneath this dress. And I was all stomach, but my body gained weight everywhere, and I was huge. And so I had enough to feed. So there is a plan behind all that, I guess, but... I remember sitting on the couch feeding her. And I thought, oh, my God. This is all I have to do. I don't have a boss grading me in a way, telling me I either did a good job or not, critiquing me. I didn't have to get up and get dressed and run out the door. I didn't have to eat something in the morning because I wouldn't be able to eat till noon. I didn't even have to do things like make sure I had gas in my car because I was going to drive to work every day. I used to fill it up and I would probably go for two weeks without using all the gas in my car. And I thought, Everything changed. Like, who am I? And then I said, well, you know, this is all I have to do. Even though I don't feel like I know what I'm doing, I'm doing something. She seems fine. She loves to eat, and all she does is eat, poop, and sleep. She doesn't really, you know, they can't talk to you. You don't know what they know. But I can love her. And that day, after she fed, because they always, <laughs> it takes all their energy in the beginning to eat. Just to, you know, it takes a lot out of them. And this little body and, you know, the whole sucking motion and everything, it, it, really does. It, it takes a lot out of the mother, too. I think the mother who is breastfeeding, it burns 500 calories a day. And I didn't know this at the time, but now I know that. 
um, when you breastfeed a child, to breastfeed a child. And so she drank, and normally I would put her to bed and try to catch up because, of course, the world was going to end if I didn't have my structure and that I wasn't organized. But that day, when she slept, I just held her. And I fell asleep with her. And so I was on the edge of the couch, and we both were asleep. And I woke up when she woke up to eat again. So I had to have been asleep at least two hours. But then I realized when I woke up that I didn't have to be anything. That this was all I had to do. I could take a deep breath. I could enjoy it. I don't have to organize it. All I had to do was love it. And once I thought that, instead of trying to create a whole system out of it, my mind went to, I don't want to miss a moment of it. And when you have a baby and you go home with a newborn, within a week they look different. Within two weeks they look even more different. It's like you can't believe. It's like one day they go from the tip of your fingers and they don't even reach your elbow. And then, you know, they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I just didn't want to miss a minute of it. When I felt that, that focus, that my gift looked different, it was still the same. I still had organization and structure in my mind. But I didn't need it to be happy. And I realized that behind every gift, is a lot of love, love for what you're doing. Let's say you don't have kids and you're working in a job and you realize at work that you can do that job better than anybody else can do it because you really enjoy it. Because there's a difference. Somebody who's, you know, complaining all day, is going to be different than someone who says, I really love doing this. Because the person who says that, the love is what drives them. Everyone can have the same skill set. But the person who loves their job is the one I want to either buy from or work with. Because then I'm going to get the passion plus the job as opposed to just doing the job and locking the door at exactly 5 o'clock and going home. But there's something to that love. And so I asked Christ this morning, what happens when we ignore our gifts? I realized that most of our gifts were so simple we overlooked them. It's not what we do. It's how we made a choice to do it. 
I could have not had that morning and been frustrated raising my children by thinking, my gosh, nothing ever lines up. I would have been restless. I would have felt anxiety. I would have complained about raising kids and not being able to have order in my life again. I would have refrained from enjoying my socialization with other people and other families and other kids because I would have looked at them as structure breakers and people who break anyone's organization. But that shift in how I looked at it not only gave me a different everyday life, but it gave everyone around me that same life. Focusing on loving what we are doing. Because that's the gift we all have. There isn't one person who is listening to this show right now that does not know what they enjoy doing most. Not one of us. There is something we all enjoy. What it is may be different for all of us. But when we talk about enjoying what we love, we can all relate. When Christ said, Everything goes back to truth and love and purity. He wasn't kidding. Plug in anything and look at, do you love it? Is it true that you love it? Does it come from a place of innocence, of purity? And the reason that's important is because you won't cross any lines to get what you think you want back. And the truth would be that you're being honest with yourself and the love is the propellant. Everything goes back to you having a conversation with yourself. Am I choosing the best things that work best with how I like to work in life? Do I feel good when I'm doing it? And what do I need back? I great example was when I was 17, I was working in a clothing store. And we had a grocery store. My family owned a grocery store. And we, there are six of us kids. And at different times, we all worked in the grocery store with my dad and my mom. But she would come and go. And we would go. And I was in charge of the front of the store. My brothers did the shelves. My dad did the meat counter. Everything was working. Even though we were like, I was nine years old. But I loved it because... Even at that age, I had that organizational thing, and that front of the store was always clean. And it was organized, and it was set up. So I was just born with that because I didn't even know that. that I just thought, okay, that's how my dad likes it. And it, I just had so much joy doing that. But I have to tell you, 
when you are doing that, we never got paid. So I got used to working without getting paid. It didn't even occur to me. This was like our family business. And the way we bought groceries was my mom would call and say, bring this, 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 and this home, and we would. Very rarely did we ever go to like a a big grocery store unless it was someone's birthday and we bought those cakes they already made that I used to just love. But they, you know, we would go to this store called Jewel, which is like Vons in California, and we would buy a cake and go home. But the thing was, when I got a, a first job at a store called Learners, which now is called something New York and Company or something, but at the time, and it used to be a big store at the time, I used to love that job because I got to work with a bunch of clothes, and I loved clothes. So I was like, look at this closet. I get to organize this whole closet. So I looked at the store as a closet. So I went from groceries to clothing. And it was, for me, a bigger challenge than that little front of the store. But the weirdest part was when I got paid. And I'm like, oh, my God, I even get paid to do this. Like, how crazy are they to pay me? Nobody realizes how much I love this. but I never thought of it as a gift. I just thought that's who I am. Fast forward, I go to college. I'm graduating from school. And and back in my day, now that doesn't happen. Now you go out and look for a job. But when I was younger, the people who were offering jobs came to look for you, and they came to the colleges to get you before anybody else did. So they'd have recruiters come in and a whole recruiter day and all this business. And they would give you these tests and they'd say, okay, what are your skills? What companies would be best suited for you? So you'd know out of all the companies that came where to go. So I go and I I take the test and, and I didn't know the results until like two days before they had like a career placement center and all this business. And I did it. So, During an interview, there was a man from an insurance company, and he said, we'd really love to hire you. You have strong organizational skills, and you have this, and you have that, and I'm listening, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, like, hire me. And I I didn't even stop to think if I wanted the job. I just wanted someone to want me, right, at that time. And I realized a lot of people did because of this one thing, that I had this high organizational skills. There's an older man, and he sat, and he really, like, talked to me. And I don't think he cared as much if I took the job as he did to tell me his feedback, which until now, I have not forgotten. And he guided me without knowing it. I did not take the job with him. I didn't want a job in insurance. I would have been bored out of my skull. But at the same time, um he gave me some of the best advice. And he said, your organizational skills are so high that I'm concerned that you will spend your whole day organizing and never get to the work. And I thought about that. And you know what? He was right. I love physical jobs because I could see the work while I was doing it. But if I sat behind a desk 
organizing my desk would have been my fun. Once that was done, to my brain, I was done. But to sit down and do paperwork has been the hardest part of any job I've ever had for myself. And until this day, I am really slow at emails. I am really slow at responses. Thank God for texting or, or IMing or something because I can I can at least try to get back, you know, where, you know, but if my days get busy, I'm physical. So I'm physical and organized, not organized and sitting at a desk. And if I have to, I get so into it, I actually don't do. I'm like all or nothing. And once I knew that, I had a gift in organizing, but I did not have a gift in sitting. I would start saying things like, hey, man, a desk job is just not my thing. I can't sit in a QB or cubicle all day long. Like, that would drive me nuts. It did drive me nuts. And I'd get restless. And I, you know, and, and I realized the more you sit, the more you want to sit. Because the minute you get up, it's like, oh, man, I got to walk to the bathroom. Imagine. And I'd start my days with a five-mile walk. So I had to know not only what my gift was, but what it wasn't. Because people think, well, if I have a gift here, then I'm good everywhere. Well, you know, we were fine as we get older. So that honesty with ourselves, like, wow, I really don't like that part, and that part is going to take me down or do me in. Take me down or do me in. Then maybe that's not in my best interest. I mean, I started saying things like, I'd rather go out and move a car with my bare hands than sit at a desk. So I knew my gift. The gifts that we have, the gifts that we have aren't the result of it. It's how we get there. That's where our gifts are. How does love work with you? What is that common denominator that no matter what, it stimulates your brain and makes you want to do it? Even if it's just the end result, even if you love that feeling of completion and you're starting here, and you're going to take yourself here, even if it's that, then that's your motivator. Or your motivator might be the process. Or your motivator, but you have to be really careful on this one, is starting things, starting new things. Because if you just like starting, you have to ask yourself what it will take for you to finish the things you start. Otherwise, you're going to have a ton of things you started and nothing that you finished. You have to find a way to use your gift to take you through the process. The gift is the love of whatever it is you're doing because that is what is going to carry your soul through the process to get to the other side. Once you get used to that feeling of completion, it carries you to the next thing. And if not, you'll be like, gosh, I had this idea and that idea. I have all these great ideas and nobody believes in me. I'm like, wait, 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 scale back, Bubba, scale back. 
it's not that nobody believes in you. You got to do it. You got to believe in you. Because by now I've heard 50 things you want to start. But I didn't see one of them get to the completion phase. So I don't know if you have the skills to see it through, but I do know you have the will and the love and the excitement in the beginning. That was me for a while. You know, you've got to find your spot. You've got to work with yourself. Our gifts don't mean that the gift does the work. Our gifts mean that we got to find out how to work with them. And that's how we honor our gifts and our talents. Learning to work with your strengths is probably one of our biggest unseen challenges in our lifetime. Finding a way to learn yourself, learn you, learning how you do things is your mode of operation, your MO for the rest of your life. It's already there. You already know it, but kicking in a little bit of recognition can't hurt anybody. And boy, when you do that, you can apply it into anything else you want to do in your life. Anything else. We all have it. Nobody doesn't have it, so don't tell me you don't, because I will not believe you. I love you guys. I will see you tomorrow on Tuesday. Have a great Monday and start to the week. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.